0: So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. This is the gem on the Queen's Crown, the podcast talking Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many more platforms. Here's the host, Lee W. Mallett. It's time for episode number 30 of your podcast talking Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. You can also catch The Gem on a Queen's Crown on CastBox, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Acast, Radio Line, Spreaker. Podbean, Podchaser, PocketCast, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, BeyondPod, Bodbay.fm, Listen Notes, and now, Potable and YouTube. Eventually, one of these days, I'll upload all the episodes of my podcast thus far to my YouTube page, which is Lee W. Mowen, and you can watch them from there. We're about ready to dive into this week's episode. So in episode 28, you remember, I covered the league tournaments for local ice hockey squads, and I also went into the sectional reads of the girls' basketball side. This week is going to be boys' basketball brackets, ice hockey brackets, something about the G-Walk, and also college hoops and college softball started just last weekend. And college baseball starts in just a handful of days. First things first, we'd like to congratulate our special guest from episode 27, Ron Russo. One of a couple folks honored in the 2018 class of Miamisburg's Hall of Fame. Like I mentioned, episode 27. Probably one of my favorites with guests. It was just nice to talk to Ron again, talk about Miamisburg local sports. You can find this article on MiamisburgAthletics.com. I'm going to briefly tell you why the Coach Russo was honored. He's the winningest girls' basketball coach in Miamisburg high school history, a record of 229 and 122, and a record of 142 and 52 in conference play, which spans the Mid Miami League and the Greater Western Ohio Conference. Coach Russo also led. His Vikings to a perfect 20-0 regular season record back in 2004-2005 and an Associated Press Division I 4th place state ranking in the same season. Under Coach Russo, the Vikings were three-time conference champions, two-time sectional runners-up, two-time sectional champs, and two-time district runner-ups. Also named the Mid-Miami League Coach of the Year, All-Area Coach of the Year, and AP Southwest Ohio Coach of the Year in 2005-2006. Named the g WOK South Coach of the Year back in 2007-2008, which was either the first or second season that Miamisburg was part of the Greater Western Ohio Conference, or the g WOK for short. Also, Coach Russo's program produced four All-State players during his tenure at Miamisburg. Kelly Morris, Brittany Wells, Erica Allenspaugh, and Shannon Sword. When I was in college, Shannon Sword was an assistant coach with the Cleveland State Vikings, a Horizon League foe of Wright State. Also, Coach Sword, I believe, is still the head coach over at Ursuline College in Pepper Pike, Ohio, home of the Arrows Division II program. Seven of his players are in the Miamsburg Hall of Fame, by the way. Twenty of his players went on to play Collegially and Coach Russo in his twenty second year of teaching Miami'sburg, Great guy. Had a lot of fun talking with him, episode twenty-seven. I highly recommend you go back and listen to that podcast. Also being honored at the same time for Miami'sburg, the nineteen sixty nine and nineteen seventy Ohio High School Athletic Association men's state gymnastics championship team which have Mark Smith, Ernie Pyle, Ron Runyon, Rick Runyon, Michael Hall, Robin Quintrell, Tim Rawling, John Good, Dennis Moore, Alan Barnett, Mick Pierce, Jim Bostello, Jay Butler, Joe Port, Greg Jones, Tom Schult, Freddie Green, Dwayne Klein, Wayne Cox, Tom Gillimore, Bruce Duffy, Tim Maddox, Mike Evans, and Coach Tim Bostelman. This men's gymnastics team was formed in 1966 under the leadership of Dave Wood and Ken Bostelman at Mark Twain Elementary School. And a couple seasons later, they won their first state title. Regional champs, state team champs, and the record for Miamisburg was 13-0. and Ken Bostelman was the head coach until 1981, where he retired. The two other inductees, Jason Rowe, class of 1995, Played football, basketball, baseball, and track at Miami'sburg. Well, ran track in Miami'sburg. Nine total varsity letters for Jason Rowe. And also Ted Morningstar, who is now the head coach of the girls' soccer program at Miami'sburg. He was a soccer, basketball, and baseball player for the Vikings. Again, congrats go out to Ron Russo. And while we're at it, we'd like to congratulate the following teams for winning their league. Tournaments. First up, the Beaver Creek Beavers, the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League Gold Bracket Champs. They knocked off LaSalle 14-0 and beat Sycamore by a score of 5-0. And St. Xavier Bombers, previously in the regular season, got swept by Elder. This time took it to the Panthers, 8-1 to win the Red Bracket. Also defeated Troy, who the Trojans upset Alter before. St. X. Games. St. Xavier, the red bracket winners in the same league. And Dublin Jerome and the Celtics, they won the Capital Hockey Conference, home to Moeller and Springboro Hockey. Dublin Jerome took it against Olin Tangi Liberty 3 1 to win the CBG Cup. And that brings us to the 2018 Ohio High School Athletic Association Boys Ice Hockey Division 1 District Tournament. Don't worry about the division because everyone that has a hockey team is classified. ...as D1 in the state of Ohio. We're going to just talk about the Columbus District. If you'd like to see it, go to brackets.myohsaa.org. So we'll look at the first games coming up. The one that matters most to this broadcaster... ...since I am traveling to Columbus with the team. The Centerville Elks are seeded number 14 in the bracket. And they'll take on number 18, St. Francis de Sales, and the Stallions out of Columbus... That will be on the sixteenth of February, this Friday, at the Ohio Health Chiller North, which is in Lewis Center, Ohio, just right off U.S. twenty-three, and that will be an eight-thirty start on Friday night. The winner of that game gets a chance to come back to the Chiller North on the seventeenth, that Saturday at eight, and take on number five Upper Arlington and the Golden Bears. And whoever wins that side of the bracket. We'll play at the Ice House at Nationwide Arena, which is a spare rink, on the twenty-fourth of February at two forty-five, and that will be the winner of Upper Arlington versus Centerville slash St. Francis of Sales, taking on the winner of number three Saint Charles, against the winner of number eleven, Olin Tangi Orange, and number twenty three Mason and the Comets. So that's part of the Columbus District bracket. There are a couple teams receiving first-round buys, meaning their first game is Saturday the 17th, not the 16th. That is number one, dublin Jerome. number five, Upper Arlington, number three, St. Charles, those teams I mentioned, number two, Olentangy-Liberty, number eight, Bishop Watterson, number four, Archbishop Muller out of Cincinnati, and number six, Olentangy against number nine, New Albany. So we'll start from the top. Number one, Dublin Jerome will have the winner of number 20, Sycamore, and number 21, Dublin Sciota, which I mentioned in episode 28, at least I thought I did. Dublin Sciota does not play a varsity schedule like most of your teams do, therefore that's why they're seated solo. They do not get to play in the CBG Cup in the champion bracket, they got to play in the consolation bracket. So again, Sycamore Dublin Sciota, winner of that game, will take on number one Dublin Jerome. And we move on to the bottom side of that bracket. By the way, the Sycamore versus Dublin Sciota game is at the Ice House at Nationwide Arena Friday the sixteenth. That game is at six thirty. At the Chiller North on Friday at six thirty will be number seven Springboro, taking on number four Gahan and Lincoln. And to win that game, we'll go back to Columbus, this time at the Ice House at Nationwide Arena on the 17th, and at 7:45 we'll await the winner of Elder and Thomas Worthington, the Elder Panthers, the 10th seed in the Columbus district. They'll play number 17 Thomas Worthington, the 16th, 8:30 at the Ice House at Nationwide Arena. I mentioned Centerville and St. Francis of Sales. I did not mention that you can watch that game with me on YouTube. Just search Centerville Elks Hockey. And you can catch the Elks, number 14, taking on number 18, St. Francis of Sales. Again, that's Friday, 8.30 at the Ohio Health Chiller North. Winner will take on number 5, Upper Arlington, the next day at the Chiller North. I mentioned Olin Tangi Orange has number 23, Mason. That's a Saturday game, one forty-five at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. And St. Charles will get the winner of Orange and Mason. At eleven thirty on Sunday, the eighteenth, at the Chiller North rink two, again eleven thirty start for Saint Charles and the winner of Olin Orange and Mason. Olin Tangi Liberty has the bye as they'll wait for their game on Sunday at eleven fifteen at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. They'll take on the winner of number sixteen Archbishop Alter and number nineteen Beaver Creek, and that will be a three forty-five puck drop on the Saturday, the seventeenth. At the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. That's a nice local matchup. Alter and Beaver Creek. Winner does get the very tough Liberty Patriots. On the other side waiting for him. It will be another rematch. As number 12 St. X. Who won the red bracket of the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. For the second year in a row. They'll take on the number 22 Troy Trojans. That will be Saturday 530. At the Ohio Health Chiller North Second Rink. Winner of St. X and Troy gets number 8, Bishop Waterson, Sunday the 18th at 1.15 at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. And lastly, for the first round, it will be number 13, Oxford Talawanda, taking on number 15, Dublin Kaufman. That will be Saturday the 17th at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena at 5.45. The winner of Talawanda and Kaufman gets number 4, Archbishop Moller, And the Crusaders will take on the winner on Sunday the 18th. 3:15 at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. And also, whoever wins Molar versus Talawanda/Kaufman will get the winner of number six, Olin Tangi and the Braves, and number nine, New Albany Eagles. The New Albany and Olin Tangi game will be the 18th at 5:15 at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. And the winners of those games will move on. 6:45 on the 24th of the month at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. So pretty much once you get past the first two rounds, meaning if Centerville were to beat St. Francis' of Sales and Upper Arlington, their next game be the 24th-245 at the Ice House and Nationwide, and they'll take on the winner of St. Charles, Olentangy, Orange, and Mason. And on March the 3rd, it will be a battle for the Columbus District at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena. Then it will be down to the Final Four. Again, find this on myohsaa.org. You can look up ice hockey brackets like that. Again, Centerville and St. Francis's Sales. That game will be on YouTube Friday at 8.30. Search on YouTube for Centerville Elks Hockey. With ice hockey quickly out of the way, it's time for boys' basketball brackets. They were updated February the 11th, so just a couple days... We will see these battles. This is a four division bracket in Southwest Ohio. In Division one you'll have five brackets for Cincinnati, three for Dayton, Division two is Mason one and two, Springfield one and two, and Kettering's Trent Arena one and two. Division three you have two for Cincinnati at Western Brown, and two for Princeton High School. Two for Northmont, two for Vandalia Butler. Division four you have Piqua, Taylor, and Troy. We'll start with Division 1 this time, because I figure that's probably the best place to start, Division 1. And we'll start with Cincinnati 1. This is at Lakota West. Here's what we have. The lone team for the bye in Cincinnati 1 are the Highlanders of Oak Hills. They're 14-6, and six, and they'll await the winner of Northwest and the Knights, 12-8, and eight, against the 7-13 and 13 Fairfield Indians. That will be Saturday, February 24th, at 5. Northwest versus Fairfield, the winner will play the 28th of February against Oak Hills. In the middle part of the bracket, we'll have 6 and 13 Colerain Cardinals take on the Hurricane of Wilmington who are 14 and 5. Winner of that game will take on the winner of St. the Bombers 14 and 6 and the Tigers of Loveland who are 5 and 14. Colerain and Wilmington will battle Lakota West 630 Saturday the 24th. And St. X and Loveland will follow. Winner of that game will go back to Lakota West. It'll be Rain slash Wilmington versus St. X slash Loveland. And it will be Oak Hills versus Northwest slash Fairfield Wednesday the 28th at 6. And then the winner of those games will battle and move on to UD Arena versus Dayton 3. Cincinnati 2 on the way. Again, this is at Lakota West. Two teams will fly: by, four and seventeen Western Hills in the Mustangs, and ten and nine Edgewood in the Cougars from Trenton, Ohio. Your first game, Thursday, february twenty second at six will be seventeen and three Princeton Vikings, the number two seed. They'll take on three and seventeen Kings and the Knights. That's a six o'clock game Thursday to twenty second, and following that at Lakota West will be West Claremont, twelve and six, battling ten and ten, Sycamore. The winner of Princeton and Kings will battle 4-17 and 17 Western Hills. And the battle of West Claremont and Sycamore, winner of that game, takes on 10-9 Edgewood. The winner of those games will take on Cincinnati 3, again at the University of Dayton Arena. Now for Cincinnati 3 and 4, these brackets are in Hamilton. And we have four teams with a bye. Lakota East, 13-7. Hamilton, 12-8. However, Hamilton's game will not be played at Hamilton because you can't play in your own thing. That would be kind of an unfair advantage to have the home side all there type of thing. I think that's the reasoning. If it's not, send a complaint to the usual address. You have the 5-14 and 14 Middletown Middies and the 5-13 and 13 Oxford Talawanda Braves. Here's how the brackets stack. And these first two games will be Thursday, February 22nd. Leading off at Hamilton will be the nine and ten Milford Eagles against the thirteen and seven Western Brown squad. Winner of that game will come back on the twenty seventh of the month. Take on Lakota East at six. Twelve and nine LaSalle Lancers battle three and seventeen Lakota West. And that will be seven thirty on the twenty second. Winner of that will play at Fairfield against Hamilton. And the Big Blue are twelve and eight. To the bottom side of the bracket. These games are Saturday, february twenty fourth, and at six it'll be twelve and eight with throw taking on nine and eleven Anderson and four and fifteen Wildcats of Harrison battle Moller. The Crusaders are eighteen and three. At six and seven thirty again back at Hamilton. The winner of Withrow and Anderson will battle five and fourteen Middletown, and the winner of Harrison and Moller battles five and thirteen Talawanda. The winner of the top and bottom bracket will then take on Cincinnati 2, then Dayton 1, again happening at UD Arena. Now for the Fairfield bracket, this is Cincinnati 5. Again you can find all these brackets at SWDAB.org. Mason's got the loan by. The comets are 14 and 4 on this season, as we'll look. The first round games will be at the twenty-third of February, five thirty-seven and eight thirty. Your first game is 11 and 10 Elder taking on 8 and 13 Mount Healthy. Then you'll have Winton Woods, the Warriors are 13 and 5 taking on the Spartans of Turpin, 5 and 15, and then Walnut Hills will battle Little Miami. The Eagles of Walnut Hills, 15 and 5, the Panthers of Little Miami, 8 and 13. That's 5:37 and 8:30 over at Fairfield. The winner of Elder and Mount Healthy will battle 14 and 4 Mason and the winner of Winton Woods slash Turpin and Walnut Hills slash Little Miami will battle at Hamilton, not Fairfield, at Hamilton, on the 27th, 7.30. Mason waits their game the 27th of February at Fairfield at 6. Winner of that game will square off to take on the winner of Dayton 2, again at the UD Arena. Now for the Dayton side of Division 1 brackets. There's three of them. This is at Centerville High School. Miamisburg's got the lone bye. The Vikings are 16-4 and four on the season. And the number 4 seed. Opposite, number 3, Vandalia Butler, 18-2. and two. The Vikings and the Aviators have the byes. Miamisburg will await the winner of Lebanon and Belmont. The Bison are 12-6 and six, and the Warriors are 14-6. and six. This game will be played at Trotwood. The first round games are at Trotwood-Madison. Lebanon and Belmont will square off the 24th at 6. Xenia and Fairmont... The Bucks 10-10, and, and the Firebirds, 11-8. and 8. That will be 7-30, the 24th, both of those games at Trombo and Madison. Miamisburg and Butler will battle the winner of those games. Miamisburg will get either Lebanon or Belmont. That will be 28th of February, a Wednesday at Centerville, at 6. And afterwards will be February 28th at 7-30, Vandalia-Butler squaring off against the winner of Xenia and Kettering-Fairmont. Winner will... Battle each other March 3rd at 7, and then it will be to UD Arena to take on Cincinnati 4's winner. Dayton 2. The first round will also be at Trotwood before moving to Centerville. Your by team, the 16-3 and 3 Springfield Wildcats, which by the way, Springfield celebrating a very large victory, taking down once undefeated Huber Heights Wayne. That's a great rivalry out there, Wayne and Springfield. The Battle of I Seventy, Wayne out of Huber Heights, and Springfield out of Clark County, both of them close to I seventy. That's a great rivalry. Wish it could have been there. Springfield's got the lone by in Dayton too, the number two seed in Division One in this bracket. It will be either the Springboro Panthers, who are six and fourteen. They'll take on the Piqua Indians, eight and twelve. Again, the first round will be at Trotwood Madison on the twenty third of February, Friday. Pick one Springboro tip off at five thirty. And your second game at TM will be the fourteen and six Yellow Jackets of Sydney, taking on the Trojans of Troy at eight and twelve. And the winner of that will move on to Centerville to take on either number twelve Beaver Creek, the Beavers are eight and eleven, taking on sixteen and five Franklin, who's number 11 in the brackets. And the winner of either Springfield slash Piqua Springboro will take on the winner of Sydney slash Troy or Beaver Creek slash Franklin and the winner of Dayton 2 Battle Cincinnati 5. Lastly in Division 1, the Vandalia-Butler bracket. All these games will be at Vandalia-Butler High School the Student Athletic Complex. Your bye teams will be the 12-8 and 8 Centerville Elks and the 5-16 Tecumseh Arrows out of New Carlisle. Centerville will await the battle of Northmont and Fairborn. The Skyhawks battle of the Thunderbolts. Northmont eight and eleven, Fairborn eight and twelve. And this game will be the twenty-third of February at six. Afterwards will be nineteen and one Wayne, the number one seed in the Dayton brackets, taking on Stebbins at eight and twelve. Winner of Wayne Stebbins takes on Tecumseh on the twenty-seventh at seven thirty. Winner of Northmont Fairborn takes on Centerville the twenty-seventh at six. Winner of those games play March the 2nd at Centerville. The winner of the bracket moves on to take on Cincinnati 1. Again, go to swdab.org to read more. We now move on to Division 2. We have 10 brackets left to cover in Divisions 2, 3, and 4. We'll start with Mason 1 and 2. This will be located on 6370 Mason-Montgomery Road, which is behind the Mason Middle School as what the website's telling me, and I'm reading with my eyes and telling you over this blue snowball microphone. No buys, a very big bracket, Mason 1 and 2, so we'll get right on to it. First up, this game is the 23rd of February at 6.30. This is the only game in Mason 1 that will be played that date. The other three games will be Saturday, the following day on the 24th. So, for Friday, you have Arch McNicholas and the Rockets taking on 4-16 and 16 Taylor. I believe Taylor's the Yellow Jackets as well. I thought it was Taylor North Bend. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. The more you don't know. So, we'll move on to the Friday games. We're jumping into Mason 2 territory. Right after McNicholas and Taylor will be... Taft and the Senators taking on the Norwood Indians. Taft fifteen and five. Norwood five and fourteen. We go back to the Saturday games for Mason 1. It'll be Aiken taking on Wyoming. Aiken's eight and twelve. The Falcons will take on the Cowboys of Wyoming at fifteen and four. And then at two, it'll be Summit Country Day, fifteen and four, taking on four and sixteen Schroeder. And to wrap up Mason one's bracket will be Bactavia against Hughes, Bactavia and the Bulldogs 5 and 13, Hughes and Big Red 17 and 3. Back to Mason 2 we go at 12:30 Saturday the 24th is Goshen 10 and 9 taking on 12 and 17 Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. At 3:30 we'll have Roger Bacon squaring off against Indian Hill. The Braves of Indian Hill are 15 and 5 and the Spartans of Roger Bacon are 5 and 15. And to close up Mason's brackets will be New Richmond against Woodward. Woodward eleven and eight, New Richmond seven and twelve. The winners of Arch McNicholas and Taylor will square off the twenty-seventh again at Mason against Aiken and Wyoming. The winner of Summit Country Day and Schroeder and Bactavia Hughes will battle seven thirty on Tuesday. And then the winners of Taft and Norwood and Goshen and CHCA will battle the twenty-eighth at six. And afterwards, the winner of Indian Hill slash Roger Bacon, and New Richmond slash Woodward. The winner of those games play March the 3rd, and the winner of Mason 1 will take on Springfield 2, and I'm not sure who the winner of Mason 2 will take on. It is not listed, but again, these are all happening at UD Arena, the battle of the winning brackets. Now for Springfield 1 and 2, Northridge, Northwestern, Urbana get buys. Northridge and the Polar Bears 10 and 11, the Warriors of Northwestern 3 and 17, and the Hill Climbers of Urbana, thirteen and seven, will start off with Benjamin Logan squaring off against Meadowdale. The Lions are seven and twelve, and Benjamin Logan's Raiders are seven and fourteen. The winner of that game, on the twenty third at six, will take on ten and eleven Northridge. The winner of Greenville versus Trotwood Madison, the Rams are seventeen and three and number one in the bracket, they'll take on number thirteen Greenville. 1 and 18 overall, the Green wave and the winner will take on Northwestern 3 and 17. And then Urbana will await the winner of Bell Fountain against Springfield Shawnee. The Braves are 12 and seven and Bell Fountain's chieftains are nine and 11. That's Saturday at four at Springfield. The winner takes on Urbana. And then on Saturday the 24th it will be Carroll against Tippecanoe. The Patriots are 11 and eight and the Red Devils are 12 and eight. They'll take on the winner on the 28th at 7.30. Of Graham and Kenton Ridge, the Cougars of Kenton Ridge, 14-5, and 5, the Falcons are 10-10. and 10. Winner of Springfield 2 battles Mason 1. Winner of Springfield 1 battles Trent 2. Both those will be at UD Arena. Let's talk about Trent Arena 1 and 2, shall we? Trent Arena, a really nice place. You might know it from Flying to the Hoop, or if you're a Kettering Fairmont fan, you know it for being the home of the Firebirds. Very lovely arena. We'll start off with Trent 1. Bishop Fenwick has a bye, and the only team to claim a bye in the Trent brackets, the Falcons from Bishop Fenwick, a stone's throw away from Middletown on 122. They are 13-5 and five overall. And they'll take on the winner of Clinton Massey and Hamilton Ross. Ross and the Rams are 12-7. and seven. Clinton Massey and the Falcons are 10-6. and six. And the two teams will square off the twenty-third at five thirty at Trent Arena. And following that game, we'll have a thirteen and four battle of Dunbar versus one and sixteen West Carrollton. The Wolverines take on the Pirates. And the winner of that game will take on the Eaton Eagles, who are one and eighteen against the seven and twelve Thurgood Marshall Cougars. Winner of Trent 1 takes on Mason two. And the winner of Trent Two takes on Springfield 1. But first, who's playing? There's eight teams in Trent too. It'll be the Valley View Spartans, eight and ten, taking on Hamilton Baden at ten and nine of the Rams. Archbishop Alter gets to play Ponix Tech. And the Knights are five and fourteen. The Golden Panthers are seven and eleven. And the winner of those four teams I mentioned, battle on the twenty-seventh at six. And to follow up with a full day of basketball, we'll have Shamanau Julien, seven and ten. Taking on the Fighting Hornets of Monroe five and thirteen, and Oakwood will battle Bellbrook in the battle of the Southwestern Buckeye League. Oakwood ten and eight, Bellbrook eleven and seven, and the winner of those four teams that win the first four games will play at UD Arena March fourth. See who gets to take on the winner of Springfield one. That's Division Two under wraps. Now for Division Three. This is at Western Brown High School. And these are Western Brown one and two. Your first games for Western Brown one is Cincinnati Country Day thirteen and seven, taking on the Blue Devils of Reading ten and ten. The winner of that game, which is played the twenty fourth at Saturday at four thirty, will take on the winners of Marymont, who are ten and ten. And the winner of Marymont versus CCD and Reading will battle either Blanchester or North College Hill. The Trojans are eighteen and two. And the Wildcats of Blanchester are seven and twelve. That will happen Wednesday, the twenty-eighth at six. And the winner of those games will battle the third of March at three. And then the winner of Western Brown one takes on Northmont one at UD Arena. Now for Western Brown two, your bye teams will be Georgetown fourteen and six, Madeira fourteen and seven will square off against eleven and nine East Clinton and the Astros. Your first game of WB will be Clark Montessori eleven and ten taking on fourteen and six Cincinnati Christian. The winner will take on Georgetown and the winner of those two games. Battle the third at four thirty, and take on Northmont two, which is not the next one to read. This one is Cincinnati three and four, and this is Princeton running two. Believe they'll take on the winners of Butler one and two. And yes, Princeton one's got Vandalia Butler two. Princeton two has Butler one. Your by teams in the brackets, Saint Bernard, Claremont Northeastern against Fayetteville, Finneytown, Williamsburg versus Seven Hills. Your first game's Friday the twenty third. First up is Purcell Marion against Bethel Tate, and that will be a six o'clock tip off at Princeton. The Cavaliers of PM are fifteen and five against the Tigers of Bethel Tate, who are six and fourteen. And then the first part of the Princeton bracket can start with Riverview East, 8 and 9, taking on Deer Park, and the Wildcats are 20 and 0. I could make the same statement I did in episode 28 about why it's not Deers or something, but that's not fair, and that's not really, you know, it's nitpicking at best. Besides, later I'll have an episode released about logos and nicknames. The winner of Riverview East and Deer Park will bow the 28th against St. Bernard and the Titans. I know it's not St. Bernard's Saint Bernard's. Again, nitpicking at best, but Saint Bernard is six and fourteen, they're the Titans. Claremont Northeastern and Fayetteville will get the winner of those three squads. This is Wednesday the twenty eighth at Princeton. Six for Saint Bernard, the winner of Riverview East and Deer Park, and seven thirty Claremont Northeastern and Fayetteville. Winner of those games will go to take on Butler two at UD Arena. Princeton two, the winner of Purcell Mary and Bethel Tate. We'll take on 4-16, and 16 Finneytown, and then Williamsburg and Seven Hills, the Stingers 10-11, and 11, Williamsburg 10-9. and 9. The winner of that game will get the winner of Finneytown, slash Purcell Marion, slash Baffle Tate, and take on UD Arena and Butler 1. Not to take on UD Arena, it's a building. Unless you have powerful construction tools, then you can't really take on a building. I've heard people try and break their wrists. It's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad. Northmont 1 and 2 in Division 3 looks something like this. Winesville, Bethel, Greenview, and Milton Union get the buys. For Northmont 1, it will be first up at 6 on Friday the 23rd. 9 and 11 Arcanum Trojans taking on the Tigers of West Liberty Salem. 14 and 9. And following that will be Housen, who are 3 and 16 taking on 16 and 3 versus Sales. And I could put in a wager saying that WTGR will be there for Versailles against Housen. Scott Ward, who was my guest on episode 29, is a big Versailles Tiger guy. He follows his Tigers as he's a proud alum. The winner of Versailles and Housen will take on 2-18 and Milton Union. The winner of Arcanum and West Liberty Salem will get 12-9 Greenview. That's Northmont 2 And the winner of Northmont 2 battles Western Brown 2 at UD Arena, March the 7th. For Northmont 1, it starts off with Troy Christian and the Eagles, 18-2, taking on the Lakers of Indian Lake, 9-12. That's at 6, Saturday the 24th. Following will be the Vikings of Miami East, 9-12, against the Knights of Greenan, 8-11. Winner of Miami East, Greenan, get Bethel. The bees are 16-3 and running away with the Cross County Conference. Almost had a scare at Tri Village, but the bees still perfect in CCC play. Winner Troy Christian, Indian Lake gets 10 and 11, Waynesville and the Spartans. It's your North Mob bracket now for the Vandalia Butler bracket, in Division 3. Brookville, Northeastern, Dayton Christian, Preble Shawnee, and Twin Valley South get bys. And here's how Butler 1 starts off. Saturday, the 24th at 4 o'clock, will be 9 and 11, Carlisle and the Indians taking on the Blazers of National Trail, who are 12-8. And, and the winner of that game gets 13-7, Brookville. Northeastern and the Jets, 4-15, await the winner of Anna and Dixie. New Lebanon, Dixie and the Greyhounds, 5-16, taking on the Rockets of Anna, 17-4. And, and for Butler 2, Dayton Christian will square off against Preble Shawnee. Both the Warriors in the Aerials are 14-5, and, and they'll take on the winner of either... Twin Valley South, the Panthers out of my hometown, West Alexandria, 9-11, and 11, against the winner of Middletown Madison, 18-3, and 3, and Stivers, 9-11, are the Tigers. The winner of Dayton Christian Prebleshawnee takes on the winner of South slash Middletown Madison slash Stivers. And Butler 2 gets Princeton 1. Princeton 2 gets the winner of Butler 1. And that wraps up Division 3. We got three brackets left. Hang with me folks. Division four is up next. Pickwa, Taylor, and Troy. We'll start off with Piqua. Rushi, Bradford, and Sonia will get the buys in the Piqua bracket. The Raiders of Rushi are twelve and six. Bradford and the Railroaders are one and nineteen. And Sonia ten and nine on the year of the Tigers. Here's your first round in Piqua. Layman Catholic, seven and twelve, gets five and fifteen. Covington and the Buccaneers. And the winner of that game squares off with Rushi. We'll have Jackson Center against Mississinewa Valley. Both teams are 11 and 9. The Hawks, the Blackhawks, and the Tigers. And Fairland 10 and 10 takes on the Cardinals of Triad 14 and 6. Winner of Piqua One gets Troy One at UD Arena on the 9th of March. For Piqua Two, the Railroads of Bradford will await the winner of 19 and 2 Fort Loramie and the Redskins. Against the Indians of Mechanicsburg, who are one and nineteen, and Ansonia gets the winner of Riverside versus Bockins. Trojans are seven and fourteen. Riverside eight and twelve. On for Taylor High School, in Division Four boys basketball, Hillcrest, James Gamble Montessori, SPCA, Middletown Christian, and New Miami have the buys. Gamble Montessori and and SPCA will square off 9-9, Gamble, against 2-14 SPCA. Middletown Christian will wait the winner of Euler and Felicity Franklin. And New Miami, the Vikings are 7-14, and takes on the winner of Cincinnati College Prep, 8-13, and against Miami Valley Christian. If you want to nitpick, I don't think Miami Valley Christian is actually in the Miami Valley. It's in Hamilton County. Miami Valley, if you don't know your geography, stops right at the Butler, Warren, and Clinton line towards the south. So once you get into the Cincinnati area, you're kind of out of the Miami Valley. Then again, in the tri-state area, the line stops north, Butler, Warren, Clinton. It stops right before you get to Dayton. Why do you care? I don't know. So again, Miami Valley Christian, Cincinnati College Prep get the winner of New Miami. Euler Felicity Franklin gets Middletown Christian. Gamble, Montessori, and SPCA will white the winner of Hillcrest versus Ripley, Union-Lewis, and Lachlan. Again, Lachlan versus Ripley, Union-Lewis will take on Hillcrest and then take on the winner of James, Gamble, Montessori, and SPCA. Actually, I don't know what SPCA is. Without the fear of my computer locking up, I will look and tell you that SPCA is the School for Creative and Performing Arts. It's a world-class public K-12 arts school where dedicated students prepare for a lifelong involvement in artistic and scholastic pursuits. And the mission of this is not to read everything on the first thing I found on Google. That's what it stands for. I'm glad I looked that up. The more you know. Cincinnati 1 gets Troy 2, and Piqua 2 awaits Cincinnati 2's winner. And now... To close out the boys' sectional basketball brackets, Troy High School for Division 4. And Google Chrome wants me to translate this page. It didn't do that for any of the other brackets, but there you go. Let's not translate it, because I like to read to you that Tri-Village, Emmanuel Christian, Newton, and Yellow Springs get the buys. By the way, Emmanuel Christian is in Springfield. Middletown Christian's in Middletown. Legacy Christian is Xenia Christian, formerly Xenia Christian. To start off Troy One, Friday the twenty third at six will be the Panthers of Tri County North against the Rams of Miami Valley on Ron Road. Miami Valley is six and thirteen, TCN is thirteen and six, and the winner of the Panthers and Rams get the Patriots of Tri Village at eight and twelve. On the bottom side of Troy one is Southeastern, three and sixteen, taking on the Jets of Frankel Road, thirteen and seven Winner of that game squares off against Emmanuel Christian's 8-11 squad. The winner of that will await the winner of the top side of the bracket. And then go on to battle Piqua 1, Friday, March 9th at UD Arena. For Troy 2, Newton and Yellow Springs get the buys. Springfield Catholic Central, 16-3, Irish having a great year. They'll take on the Indians of Cedarville, 5-14. Winner of that game battles 5-16, Newton and the Indians. And the Bulldogs of Yellow Springs, who are 8-12, await the winner of Jefferson Township against Legacy Christian. Legacy Christian 14-6, Jefferson at 3-16 and 16 are the Broncos. Winner of Troy 2 gets Cincinnati 1 again at the University of Dayton Arena. And if you'd like to read the brackets yourself, it's swdab.org. Click on Boys Basketball under Winter Sports and you can have a gander at those yourself. So, ice hockey and boys' basketball in the books. And now it's time to talk about the Greater Western Ohio Conference. Yes, the 20-team G-Walk, one of the biggest conferences in this state of Ohio, is thinking about splitting up. So, to lead off this segment, we'll go to DaytonDailyNews.com and the article written by Mike Hartsock, the sports director at Channel 7. He's been there since the 80s and Mark Pendleton, talking about superintendents, principals, athletic directors, meeting up in the annual winter meeting at the Huber Heights Athletic Foundation. All the American conference, North and South, went out of the G-Walk. And their intention by leaving the G-Walk would be making a new conference, excluding Trotwood Madison. To preview about Trotwood Madison, they very strong team. I mentioned their boys' basketball program. Just a couple losses in number one seed. And what was it, Division Two? Good people there, Trotwood and Masson Township. Big school district. Huge school district, Trotwood-Masson. Your American Conference schools are as follows. Troy, Sydney, Piqua, Tipcanoo, Vandalia Butler, Greenville, Fairborn, Xenia, Stebbins, and West Carrollton. Meaning if this does happen... Your G-Walk would be Northmont, Springboro, Miamisburg, Lebanon, Trotwood, Madison, Centerville, Wayne, Fairmont, Springfield, and Beaver Creek. Most of the going schools are fairly decent-sized schools. I mean, G-Walk schools are fairly big in the state of Ohio. Not just state of Ohio, just Southwest Ohio. It's one of the toughest leagues to play in. I mean, you have... The Greater Catholic League and the Greater Miami Conference down south. Those are two leagues that instantly pop up to my head when we're talking, you know, flex your muscles, here's football and basketball time type of thing. So I look at the who's going list. Again, this is DaytonDailyNews.com Article released February the 7th. Troy, Sidney, Piqua are probably the furthest teams away. And your most south team is the Lebanon Warriors. Lebanon is Warren County, close to Hamilton County. Troy, Sydney, Piqua are heading up there in terms of where you're at. Actually, Sydney is not Miami County. That's Shelby County, but still, same point applies. We're talking north part of Miami Valley, whereas Lebanon is towards the Cincinnati area. So, yes, distance, you know, you do have some driving here and there, but it's not like you have home and homes. What it used to be before Tip Canoe and Stebbins... Six squads in each division, North, Central, South. Miamisburg, West Carrollton, perfect fit in the South, along with Fairborn, Xenia, Lebanon, Springboro. That's a pretty nice trip. I mean, the farthest you have is Xenia to Lebanon and, you know, vice versa. Your closest one, Miamisburg, West Carrollton. Let's face it, the two cities sit on top of each other type of thing. And Miamisburg, Springboro, I mean, you're right there. Springboro, Lebanon, you have your two Warren counties. Bam, just like that. Troy, Sydney, Piqua, Tipca, New. They're all in the Miami slash Shelby County area. Greenville's in the heart of Dark County. Butler's Northern Crest of Montgomery County with Trotwood, Madison, and Northmont. So, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to put this in a geological sense before we talk a little bit more. I get the North School's. What I don't get is you don't really have to travel to South schools much. Maybe one trip. That's it. Going back to how it used to be, 18 squads. You play in the South, that's your, you know, meat and potatoes. You can play the closer G-Walk schools if you want, but they don't count for your conference record. You have home and homes, again, going back to Miamisburg, because the one thing that sticks in my head while I was covering boys' basketball for GymCitySports.com, I go to Miamisburg for a couple games. You'd have a home-and-home home with Springboro, Lebanon, West Carrollton, Zinnia, and Not too bad. You can play a couple schools outside the South. I mean, you can go up to Beaver Creek, that's fine. You can host one of the schools. I told Coach Russo this, uh, again, going back to episode 27. I wasn't a big fan of how the G-Walks separated into that. I mean, no, 20 teams, if you have four divisions, you can put five in. Miamisburg, Springboro, Lebanon, that's a nice, that's a nice train. Northmont is on the other side of Montgomery County. We're talking Northwest Montgomery County. Actually, Northmont is short for Northern Montgomery County. Someone that I work with at Wright State, Kyle, actually told me that he's a Northmont grad, and he told me why it was called that. There you go. Your history lesson for the day. See, you do learn something new every day, and if you already knew that, then never mind. For me, looking at the who's going, who's staying... Troy Sydney, Piqua, Tipcanoe, and Greenville, they're all in the northern quadrant of Miami Valley, meaning north of I-70. Trop of Madison is south of I-70. You also have Stebbins, Xenia, Fairborn, Vandalia Butler. Well Vandalia Butler is technically north on seventy, but you're right on seventy. You're by the airport, pretty much. So I don't I don't know if travel has anything to do with this. I mean, looking at the school districts, I think Stebbins West Carrollton are probably the two smallest G-Walk schools whereas we look at the Who's Staying, those are ginormous school districts maybe Miamisburg's the smallest of the Who's Staying, maybe I know a lot about local sports I don't know about, a hey, how many people go here type of thing if you, if you stop me in the street which I don't know why you would I, I don't know the enrollment numbers off the top of my head I look at the who's going, who's staying, just like, you really want to travel that far? I mean, Greenville is probably going to be the farthest point west. Up north, it's Sydney. South, pretty sure it's West Carrollton. Pretty sure it's West Carrollton. East would be Xenia. Alright, I guess. For the staying, Northmont, Trotwood, Madison would be northwest. South is Lebanon. East would be Springfield and Clark County. I mean, you have Springboro, Miamisburg, Centerville, Kettering, Fairmont, technically. All in the chain. Springboro and Lebanon, too. I sincerely hope it's not based on a racial thing. I sincerely hope not. I don't know. I know Trotwood Madison's looking for answers, which, by the way, is also another Dayton Daily News article. And this is Trotwood Superintendent Seeks Answers About Impending G-Walk Breakup. This one's Mark Pendleton and Caroline Reinwald. The superintendent of Trotwood Madison City Schools, Kevin Bell, would like answers about the impending breakup. I mean, i like answers as well, because for me, my spat about how there's a four-team district, I mean, this it's minimal. You can fix that you can have four divisions of five schools you could try to make it you know more competitive more geologically closer to each other a couple days ago about the same day that I saw the G walk is looking to break up I asked David Fong who is a sports writer up in Troy I asked him what do you think will happen in this situation and he replies, it sure seems like there's a good chance this will be happening. Nothing's official yet. That's a key word. Nothing will be immediately happening. So if you expect the G Walk to collapse during spring season, that's not happening. Under the G Walk, you have to give a two year notice before something happens. So the earliest we'll see this, what, 2020, 2021? The Fong on Twitter continues to say, if I had to make a prediction, I think this will happen. Again, who would be leaving the G-Walk? It's the American Conference teams of Troy, Sydney, Piqua, Tippecanoe, Vandalia, Butler, Greenville, Fairborn, Xenia, Stebbins, and West Carrollton. Keep in mind, Tippecanoe and Stebbins were the newest members to the G-Walk. Who is staying put? Northmont, Springboro, Miamisburg, Lebanon, Trotwood, Centerville, Wayne, Fairmont, Springfield, and Beaver Creek. And right now, you're districts look like this for American North it's Butler, Greenville Piqua, Sydney, Tip and Troy for American South it's Fairborn, Trotwood, Stebbins, West Carrollton, Xenia that's North is pretty well set that's your northern part of the Miami Valley I think your farthest trip is probably Vandalia Butler to Sydney that's not terrible that's that's under an hour the American South, however, if Trotwood Madison's that close to Stebbins. Fairborn Stebbins are right next to each other. In fact, the county line of Montgomery and Green split that up. West Carrollton's towards the south, towards Miamisburg, Green, and Green County has Xenia. That's kind of a hike. Fairborn and is pretty close to each other, too. That's kind of spaced out type of thing. North is a better fit geologically. For the National side, this is the side that will be staying. For the East, it's Beaver Creek, Centerville, Fairmont, Springfield, Wayne. Farthest one is Springfield to Centerville? Centerville south of Kettering, so yeah, I would say that's probably it. Centerville, Beaver Creek's not terrible. It's 675. It's a couple minutes. National West is Lebanon, Miamisburg, Northmont, Springboro. I already touched on this. I don't like how Northmont's the lone one from Northwest Ohio and everyone's Warren County and South Montgomery County. I'm not in charge of the G Walk. I don't claim to be a conference manager. G Walk know what they're doing. Like I said, 20 schools. The G Walk's been around for years. So, going on from the original article on Dayton Daily News, this is from G Walk Commissioner Eric Sparr. And like I said, Eric does a nice job with G Walk. There's schools in those marquee spots that won't that won't be able to feel they're competing and have a chance to have success. That's a driving factor from those schools. Which I get. Like I mentioned, you'll have your schools that muscle in sports. Trotwood Masson definitely a school that they rock in sports. I mean there's other schools that rock in sports as well. It's just it's a big cycle, you see. Like I mentioned, in the Dayton area, G-Walk is the biggest. The Southwestern Buckeye League and Cross County Conference have 14 members. However, in the CCC, not everyone has football. Not everyone has the same number of sports. Franklin Monroe and Newton, I think, are the only two teams that don't have football. And the CCC has Fort Loramie, just for football only. Try to counter that. The Central Buckeye Conference has 10 teams. They're going to be adding two more, I think. North Union and London, which London is in Madison County. That's Columbus area. And North Union is right around U.S. 33, I think. Going to this article, also on Dayton Daily News. Five things to know about the impending breakup of the G-Walk. I mentioned who's leaving And who would be left? The Rams would be welcomed into the National Conference, or the teams that would be staying put. This has to be addressed with formal documentation by April 1st. Meaning that if they don't get it done by then, they'll have to wait till next season. There could be talks to leave earlier, but like I mentioned, normally in a G-Walk, you have to give a two-year notice if you're going to leave the G walk would be a thing still until 2019, 2020. And then if the split up were to happen, it also says on the five things to know why split school size enrollment. And like I mentioned the who's going, they they do have the smaller schools in the G walk and think that maybe the G walks, you know, not the answer, which is, which is fine. Still a little sad. I think if I were the G-Walk, I think what I would do is probably realign the G-Walk to make the going schools a little happier. Maybe not two districts of ten. I think that's, then you don't have the home and homes. You can't go back to three of six teams each because then what are the other two schools going to do about it? I don't know. I mean, that's what kind of that's what kind of it is right now, type of thing. Your American and your national conferences. We'll see how this goes. I wish all the schools best of luck. I wish the G Walk best of luck. If any more news happens, I'll be sure to talk about it on my podcast. Also, whenever the next roundtable is with Mark Schlemmer. We'll talk about that as well, because I know Mark will have something to say. Hopefully, the guests will have something to say as well. We are planning to do the Women's Roundtable. That's been pushed to next Tuesday, because next Monday is no good for this podcaster. By the way, I have something planned Monday as well. I won't tell you what it is, but there you go. So, that's the G-Walk News. I'm sure you heard all about it, and I'm sure you have your your own opinions, which is fine. You're allowed to have your own opinions. I'm sure you think mine suck, which is fine. I don't censor opinions. I just censor cuss words because if I have cuss words and I don't mark it as explicit, then Apple Podcast kicks me off and that's kind of the whole run right there. So we talked about hockey. We talked about basketball. We talked about the G-Walk. Now we look at first our Division I state champions for wrestling. St. Paris Graham picks up their sixth state wrestling title. Congrats go out to the Falcons, and like I mentioned, that program is just so strong in wrestling. Catchers and pitchers report today for all MLB squads, meaning baseball is on the way, but what I care about is college baseball. That starts this Friday for all local squads. I've been looking at the local team Twitter feeds, and, yeah, they're excited. I know this PA announcer's excited. So let's tell you a little bit about the teams around the Sunday area. Wright State picked to win the Horizon League. Northern Kentucky picked fourth. The Flyers picked 11th out of the A-10 out of 13 squads. Cincinnati ninth out of 9. Scott Gugans, the... Previous head coach of Xavier moves cross town to lead the Bearcats now, taking the place of Ty Neal. The Musketeers are picked second in the Big East, and I have not seen an official poll for the Mid-American Conference, meaning I can't tell you what the Red Hawks are scheduled to pick. I do know that if Miami comes to either UD or Wright State, I hope they wear those Toronto Blue Jay-inspired jerseys, because those were sweet. I call them the Sega numbers. If you, if you know what Sega's font is, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about, but those are Toronto Blue Jays' numbers from back in the day when they won back-to-back World Series in the early 90s. As a PA announcer for college baseball gets an opportunity for not only one, but two Division I schools in Dayton area, I'm excited. For the Flyers, it's first-year head coach Jason King, and for the Raiders, it's second-year head coach Jeff Mercer. You have options to see baseball in town. At UD, it's free to come in. Just watch where you park, because on the right day, if the winds are blowing east and a home run goes through a parking lot, your car is in deep doo-doo type of thing. So watch where you park, but free baseball at UD. Come on out. For Wright State, it's cheap baseball. Again, come on out. You won't be disappointed. And I can't wait to talk more about college baseball once it winds up. College softball has started. Normally, college softball starts the week before college baseball. For the Wright State Raiders, it did. Wright State went 0-5 at the Total Control Sports Invite in Rosemont, Illinois. Cincinnati and Xavier do not sport softball teams, I believe. Dayton does. They're picked to finish third in the A-10, if my memory is not failing me. Norfolk, Kentucky, also part of the Horizon League as well. Raiders picked third. In the Horizon League. And Horizon League, for college baseball, there's six teams, which is the minimum to get a, a bid in the big dance. So, hopefully, Horizon League's future plans do include adding a baseball squad. I like the addition of IUPUI. It's in Indianapolis, center of the HL. Well, maybe. I mean, Wisconsin's pretty far up there. Detroit, I don't know. That's where the offices are. Don't yell at me. So yeah, spring's on the way. Hopefully warm weather's here to stay. We have birds outside here in Ohio, and it sounds really nice. Something else that I want to talk about, other than the local college hoops, that's going to be the big race to the finish, if you will, for episode 30, which, pre-editing, I've seen that it's already an hour and some change. Normally, for solo podcasts, I don't like to talk more than an hour because I feel like people get bored or sick of my voice. So that's why I try to keep solo episodes, you know, shorter than normal. For the Dayton Dutch Lions, there is no WPSL team for the season. The Dutch Lions are taking a break. Last year, it was former Dayton Flyers head coach Mike Tucker leading the pack. And this year, 2018, the women's squad will go silent. If you go to ddlfc.com, you can see that 2019 schedule link is already up, but that's kind of far from now. You can look at the 2017 schedule where the Dutch Lions went 2-5-1 on the year. The closest opponent would be the Cincinnati Sirens and the Columbus Eagles. I like the WPSL. Not saying that I didn't like the W League, which was ran by the USL folks. Not say I didn't like that, but with the WPSL, it feels like there's more local teams, meaning travel is less. Whereas the W League, when I was broadcasting for the Dutch Lines, you have the Atlanta Silverbacks, Braddock Road from Virginia. Not terrible still, but I feel like the WPSL offers more in terms of local rivalries. No WPSL team for the Dayton Dutch Lions this upcoming year. 2019 will see the return of the squad. To go to the article on DDLFC.com, a one-year hiatus the Lions will take, and Dayton will come back in the WPSL squad in 2019. Dayton's played the highest level of women's amateur soccer since their beginning in 2011, which is very nice. I like seeing women get a chance to play sports. And that's kind of why I was hoping that we'd have the women's roundtable podcast this week, but things happen, I understand. Mark, get feeling better, buddy, all right? Hopefully we'll do it next Tuesday. Not reading the whole entire article. I've already done that already, but it talks about some of the highlights or some of the top athletes that have come from the women's team. Rose Lavelle being one of them. Claire Faulkner. Emily Thillion of Wright State. You might know her for that bicycle kick she had when the Dutch Lions called Beaver Creek home. Brittany, Brittany Persad of Wright State, too. Sylvia Nuge. I believe that's Nuge. Alex Warren. They signed professional contracts in Europe. They got to play overseas. Rose Lavelle was the number one overall draft pick in the 2017 NWSL by the Boston Breakers, who believe have since folded, since they scored two goals in her first eight games. Also made the national team March 4th last year against England, and joined the Washington spirit for this upcoming NWSL season. So hopefully we'll see the women's side back. The men's USL PDL squad is led by former Dayton Dynamo coach Dan Grice. As you know, Dynamo are taking the season off to focus next year for a pro team in possibly Division Three. So best of luck to Coach Grice. Hopefully I'll get a chance to see some Dutch Lions soccer this year, see how Coach Grice is doing with his Dutch Lions squad. In FC Cincinnati news, a nice little tidbit dropping on the 12th of February. This is from Cincinnati.com and writer Sharon Coolidge. FC Cincinnati wants to move Stargell for Major League Soccer Stadium and the school board is mum. So, in case you don't know the importance of Stargill Stadium, it is for Cincinnati Public Schools. It's right by 75 off of Ezra Charles Road. Ezra Charles being the famous boxer from Cincinnati. At least I think it was a famous boxer. But Starjill was the one-time home of the Cincinnati Saints. And you might know the Cincinnati Saints as the Dayton Dynamo if you've been paying attention the last two seasons. Very historical place, and the FC Cincinnati group would like to move Stargell to build their MOS stadium without destroying any of the homes nearby. To read on the article, again it's from Cincinnati.com, this is their plan for the west end of town. As you might already know, if you follow Cincinnati Soccer Talk, that's the main bunch of people that talk about FC Cincinnati, I know... One one of them. It's Taft High School's Stargell Stadium. Not Cincinnati, like I previously thought. Excuse me. So the plan is to build the MLS Stadium on Stargell, move the Stargell place over to an empty lot by Ezra Charles, which is just across the street, and build a better, a more improved facility of Stargell keep the Stargell name, but move all the high school stuff over there for the Senators of Taft. I like the idea. I don't know if Cincinnati will like the idea. Like I mentioned, this plan will not knock any of the homes on John Street, which is across the way, and Cincinnati Public Schools will have to vote on it. If I remember right, three of the members of the board are brand new. The West End Community Council Board is set to talk about it tonight at 6, which is Tuesday the 13th, and then CPS will hear from the public on the 21st of the month at 6 at Taft IT High School. 50 people signed to speak up, and they want to talk about West End thing. I hope FC Cincinnati gets a MLS squad. I really do. I still hope that the crew will be saved. I keep seeing tidbits about Austin, Texas picking spots, and then people are saying, No, not that spot. Not that spot either. So I I don't know. Hashtag save the crew. For that first meeting with Cincinnati Public Schools, their supporters, it's a little hard to miss them with the blue and orange. Very interesting possibility for FC Cincinnati. There's Oakley. Which, it's right off 71, right by downtown, right by the exit to UC. There's Newport across the river, which people complain that it's in Kentucky, it's not Ohio. But, there's been Cincinnati teams that played in Kentucky. Cincinnati Kings happened to be one of those teams. We're not expected to hear anything about the MLS expansion announcement until the end of this month. What the new Stargell will bring is synthetic turf, Olympic-sized track and an area for pole vaulting and shot put events, and locker rooms, which the current Stargell Stadium does not have. And this Stargell Stadium will be fenced in, which is important for ticket sales. And the new stadium could house a soccer program, which would have the support for FC Cincinnati. So maybe FC Cincinnati has a program like that. Maybe they start up their own youth soccer program in Cincinnati. I'd say PDL or NPSL but you have the Cincinnati Dutch Lions over in Northern Kentucky and I'm sure they don't just want to be whisked away forgotten about. I mean, you have a former FC Cincinnati defender, in Paul Nicholson leading the charge now. So maybe they're in the fold? I'm not sure. I'm not saying I know a lot about this but I thought it was interesting therefore I bring it up on episode 30. The new Stargel will be built before the MOS Stadium would rise which means that everything scheduled at Stargel would happen. There would be no gaps, there'd be no route your teams, go play somewhere else type of thing. So I do like it but then again I don't live in Cincinnati so there's always two sides of the coin. So we'll see where this news takes us. And finally, we'll close out this episode with some college basketball. The Flyers are 11-13 and 13 and 5-7 and seven and a 10 play. Coming off a tough overtime loss at VCU 88-84 before taking on the Patriots of George Mason Valentine's Day at 7 and then coming home Saturday the 17th against Fordham and then hosting St. Louis Tuesday the 20th. For 9 p.m. tip-off. Season winding down. The A-10 tournament happening at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Flyers with six games left. Three on the road. Three at home. As we move on to the women's side. The women Flyers are doing spectacularly this season. Winners of 14 in a row. 10-1 at home. The only loss coming to the Green Bay Phoenix. 20-4 overall. And the Flyers have yet to drop a conference game. 13-0 is Dayton, with three games left, two at home. Fordham Sunday at 2, and George Mason for the last home game of the regular season. Wednesday the 21st at 7. And then a road trip to St. Louis to close up the regular season. You can listen to two of the three games and the playoffs on 1660 AM around Dayton. And you can listen to the Fordham versus Flyers game on WHIO. I think one game a year gets picked up on 1290. The men's games, you can listen to WHIO, which is 95.7 FM and 1290 AM. And now we look at the Wright State Raiders. Men's basketball, lost a tough one at home to Milwaukee. The Panthers sweep the Raiders in the regular season. 74-73, UWM takes it. By the way, Panther U is not a real place, and it's still the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. It's not the University of Milwaukee. They did not like that name, therefore they voted it down. I don't know why I'm giving my friend Jimmy, who covers the Milwaukee Panthers, a little bit of a rub for that. I don't know. But the Raiders are second place behind the Northern Kentucky Norse. Still a great season for Wright State and still a little bit of basketball to play for the green and gold. 19-8 is Wright State, 11-3 in conference play, with two home games left, two road games to go. They'll host Northern Kentucky and Cleveland State. The Norse and the Raiders battle for first at the Nutter Center. Friday the 16th at 9, I hope to see the Nutter Center packed to the gills. And Monday the 19th at 7.30, Cleveland State comes in for the last home game of the regular season. And then the Raiders take the Indy to Chicago trip. Used to be when I was in college, it was Chicago with UIC and Loyola. Now it's IUPUI and UIC. Used to be Valpo before they jumped to the Missouri Valley Conference. Raiders out the Jaguars the 23rd of February at 11 a.m. The Friday 11 a.m. game. That's different. And the 25th of February, Sunday at 6 p.m., the Raiders are at UIC. The Flames are just... A game back of the Raiders, I believe. We look at the women's side now for Wright State. Like I mentioned, baseball and softball are approaching, and this broadcaster's ready to come back. For the women, it's the same trip, and I think it's the same... Actually, no. The women will battle Norfolk, Kentucky at 2 Saturday the 17th, not the same day as the men battling NKU. And Monday at 5 will be the Raiders taking on Cleveland State. And then the Indy to Chicago trip, IUPUI on the road. The Jaguars handed the Raiders a loss at home when Kim Demings got her jersey retired. Just the second jersey of Wright State basketball history to be retired alongside Bill Edwards, a star for the Raiders back in the late 80s and early 90s. And then the Raiders close out the regular season Sunday at 2 against UIC in Chicago. And the Horizon League Tournament's held at the Little Caesars Palace in Detroit, Michigan. Motor City Madness as it's called. Not fully sure if I like that. I mean I like that it's at Little Caesars. Not the restaurant, the arena. I mean, you gotta think, when where's there a big enough Little Caesars where you can play a college basketball game? I'm sorry, that's a terrible joke. But Motor City, Madness, Detroit, Michigan. I liked it better when you were the number one seed. You got the host, the whole kit and caboodle. That was pretty cool. Especially when I was a freshman, I got to see some of those games. We move on to UC and Xavier. For the first time ever in both those schools' histories, Xavier and Cincinnati are in the top five. Quite excited. Around here, people are more excited. The Ohio State's in the top 10. This is a Sunday podcast. Cincinnati and Xavier are 5-4, and four, respectfully. The Xavier Musketeers are 23-3 and on the year, 11-2 in Big East play with losses to Providence and what was Tops Villanova. And the Bearcats yet to drop a game in the American Athletic Conference. 12-0 is Cincinnati. And 23-2 and overall are the Bearcats. Xavier at number 4, UC checks in at number 5. And Xavier's number 4 ranking is the highest in school's history. UC's ranking is the highest since Cincinnati finished number 5 in the final poll of the 2001-2002 season, yes, with Coach Huggs. And also, Tom Groshen of the Inquirer notes that in that season, Steve Logan's senior year which ended with a second-round loss to UCLA and a record of 31-4. and four. So quite impressive for Xavier and Cincinnati. Keep on battling, and as I move forward, more talk about Ohio State. Great. So congrats go out to Xavier and UC as we will take a look at the women's basketball side. We don't talk men's basketball about women's basketball. Because you know those athletes play the same sport as the men do. I mean it's a little different now with the quarters, which I still don't know how I feel about quarters. But the women's basketball for Xavier, nine and seventeen overall in the Muskies, and two and thirteen in Biggie's play. And for the Cincinnati Bearcats, fifteen and ten overall and seven and five in AAC play. We'll jump to Miami of Ohio. Actually, just Miami University, but everyone says Miami Oh, because then people don't know if you're talking about Miami, Florida or Miami, Ohio. Miami University is in Ohio. University of Miami is in Florida. And Miami University in Ohio is the oldest of the two because it's named after the Indian tribe, whereas University of Miami, not sure if it's named after the Indian tribe, but it's named after Miami, Florida. Another lesson. I'm getting very historically lessony. On my podcast. Hope that's not a sign I have to quit. Anyway. The men basketball Miami Redhawks are 13-12 and 12 overall. And 6-6 six and six in Mac play. Miami dropped a 73-67 decision at home to Toledo on the 9th. And will make the trip to Ypsilanti, Michigan today at 7 p.m. to take on Eastern Michigan. As we look for the women's side for Miami, the Hawks are 15-9 and nine and 7-6 and six in conference play. While we're at MiamiRedHawks.com, I want to see if there is a poll from the Mid-American Conference. The last article on baseball. Baseball mourns the loss of former standout Doug Jenkins, born in 1954, and passed away this year. Prayers and thoughts go out to the Doug Jenkins and Miami Redhawks family. It is a very tough loss. Nothing on the baseball pool for the Redhawks. So we will jump down to talk about the last D1 school in town. The Northern Kentucky Norse. Like I mentioned, number one in the Horizon League for men's basketball. And I believe one of the only schools... Women's basketball to defeat Green Bay. We'll look at men's basketball first for NKU. 19-7 overall, the Norse, and 12-2 and in conference play. Like I mentioned, Raiders will host the Norse at the Nutter Center. Wright State won at the BB&T Arena, 84-81. That's sure to be a good one. You can listen to this game on 106.5 in the Dayton area with Chris Collins and former Wright State coach Jim Brown. Or you can listen to an ESPN 1530 in the Cincinnati area or watch an ESPNU. Cable subscription is required. And then the Norse will host Youngstown State. Go to UIC and IUPUI as the Raiders and the Norse are travel partners. Meaning when one's at UIC, the other's at IUPUI. Hence the case. Now looking at the women's basketball side. The north of Newark, Kentucky, 8-17 overall, but 6-8 in conference play. And like I mentioned, did hand Green Bay a 62-54 loss at home. The Green Bay Phoenix at the time were number 19 in the country. Very impressive. Last time the women's team squared off, Wright State defeated NKU 68-63 at the bb Arena. They'll meet up Saturday the 17th at 2 in Dayton, Ohio. And that will do it for episode 30 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Actually, a quick note too. Emily Vogelpohl of Wright State recently hit the 1,000-point mark for her career. Congrats go out to Emily. And Latonya McDowell is now your head coach for women's basketball at Central State University. I'll close up this episode nicely here. Episode number 30 in the books of The Gem on the Queen's Crown. We'll talk to you next week. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Thank you for listening to The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, PocketCast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.FM, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.FM, BeyondPod, Podbay.fm, and listen notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lead W. Mowen visit theleewmallon.com and gemcitysports.com. Music provided by freestockmusic.com.